0: hey good morning this is behavioral scientist tanola oliver thank you so much for joining me for the radio show where the dream is free but the hustle is sold separately listen i just wanted to um stop in and touch base with you about a few things right um So I have not had the opportunity um, to listen to the entire or watch the entire um, interview with Monique on the Shay Shay show, right? But I did see mm, probably about. As much of it as I've seen of Cat Williams' interview, because I haven't watched that entire interview either. Um, and what do I want to say? So the things that I want to offer, because people have been waiting on me to say something about it, the readjust that I want to offer is just very simplistic. And the reason it's so simplistic is because I think people just... I think as a people, we just weigh in on situations too much without really having enough information, right? Like, you can't solve a problem without all of the proper information. And it's amazing to me how we try to solve problems in other people's lives with partial information right and so that's why I'm so intentional about not taking a deep dive into personal situations when people have personal situations even if they in the public spotlight right um but this is what I want to say on the surface obviously So, okay. The best thing I can do is to offer an example of my own experiences, right? And and I'm going to I'm going to offer that story here in a minute. But the lie is that Monique is a target, that's the lie. Um, The difference is, is that Monique is willing to talk about the situations publicly. There is conglomerates of black women who have had similar situations who don't say a word, right? Um, there are single Black women who have been convinced that they're targets. The one thing that I'm excited about because Monique has been public with this situation is that she is proof with or without a husband that you are not a target as a single Black woman. Okay? The other thing that I'm excited about this situation is that she brings some redress to the fact that it can happen to anybody. And it does happen to anybody. And I'm specifically talking about African-American women and the things that we have to um, endure behind the scenes, right? Um, And there's that. I'm glad that her husband loves her, right? It's, It's evident that he wasn't just there um, he's, his love for hers has sustained the situations that she has had to endure. And I'm excited to see an African-American man stand by his woman while she had to endure some hardships. I am excited that their marriage was able to survive that turmoil and that he was able to publicly defend his wife, right? That's the part I want to talk about because I don't have enough information about the situations that she was in. Um, believe black women. I believe her. hate. I believe her. Um, I don't have enough information to talk about it. So I'm not going to bring no redress to the situation specifically. I'm just excited that she still remained married through it. I had to endure a similar situation and I'm going to bring that forward. And so um, people know that I have always, I have a unusual love and compassion for people. And all people, right? I speak up for Black people the most because I am a black woman, right? But I advocate for all people, publicly and privately. Most people know that um, my ex-husband and I, we owned the number one prison reentry program in Montgomery County in the state of Ohio. Where we were an entry point for people trying to rebuild their lives and reenter into society. There were some people that were not happy about that Um, because it put too much power in my hands in the eyes of people who struggle with independent, Black power, right? And I could have been a man, and I don't think it would have had the same impact, but I was an African-American woman, and I was doing this independently without needing the assurance or the support of any outside sources. So that put me in a a strong seat of influence. And there were some people that had a problem with that. Um, We were running that business in addition to me selling real estate. Now, I mentioned to you all that um, the majority of my mentors have always been um, Caucasian men. Um, I've had one. African-American female mentor. And then aside from that, I've had black male mentors. Um, never had any situations. Um, well, we, we won't, that's not the focal point. So we won't talk about that. I was having a conversation with one of my mentors And they were mentoring me on setting myself aside and apart so I didn't have to work so hard because I was working a tremendous amount of hours, right, in real estate and trying to support my community of people. And at that point, my clientele began to expand. I was still doing residential, but I was also doing some commercial work as well. The commercial work was really expanding my footprint and my influence. My mentor began to have a conversation with me about working smarter and not harder. And he told me that I needed to increase my commission. Now, I've never told this story before. We won't get into the particulars of it, but this is the conversation that we was having. So I did that. Um, The purpose was to do more with less to see less clients, but to offer them more in value so that they would be lifetime clients. I would have the ability to do business with their children, their parents, their aunts, their uncles. I was building a sustainable business model. When some of my peers, my African-American real estate peers um found out that i had increased my commission it started an uproar because they felt like who does she think she is that she thinks that she's worth more than what we're worth now, here's the caveat to that. I had increased my commission, but none of the other services after someone purchased a house through me, they didn't have to. They, they then at that point had contracted a lifetime real estate agent that would advocate for their real estate needs for that particular property. So if they needed me to renegotiate their property taxes because at that point, just we were having neighborhoods that were becoming dilapidated and people who were fighting for their homes, um, they were just paying Taxes that were unwarranted based on the fact that they were surrounded by dilapidated properties or properties that were going into foreclosure and being purchased for much less. So I would renegotiate their taxes for them and provide them all of the documentation so that they could present it and put in to have their taxes temporarily reduced. For those that ended up upside down in their mortgages because of how the neighborhoods had shifted um, due to the real estate crash, I renegotiated their mortgages. Um, Those are two services that my peers and my mentors charged for. I did not, because they had paid a premium commission, right? And so this was a service that I was offering them for as long as I was a real estate agent and as long as they lived in that particular property. Some of the other things that I would provide to them was information on vendors, like preferred vendors and contractors that they would have the potential to use and not have to worry about being taken advantage of or any type of price gouging. Um, If they just needed advice or needed me to research um, additional information, whether it was about that property or um, they were entertaining, looking into another property and wanted to understand the um, exchange and value and equity and what that looked like. These were all of the services and I can go on and on and on that I was presenting my um, clients with for paying a premium com- commission. And mind you that my mentors were not just paying that premium commission, but they were um, also charging additional money um, for those type of services. And for me, just my the, the way that I do business and the way that I develop relationships While I was um, charging a higher commission on the front end, um, I was offering all these additional services and not um, asking for a fee for service um, for those services. And that is what sparked the resentment for me as a black woman in the real estate industry. And so anytime an African-American woman begins to develop her sense of worth independently, these are the type of situations that we have to deal with. I don't wanna focus on that though. I just shared with you um the intricate right um information about something similar to me that i can relate to and uh, from what i understand all of this situation unfolded because monique was trying to establish her worth in an industry that she had been working in for 20 plus years right um But I don't wanna focus on that. I wanna focus on people like 50 Cent and Cat Williams that have opened up doors of opportunity for Monique, Method Man, Mary J Blige, Mark Curry, um, for people to re-enter their industry, earn a living and um and not earn a living capping them, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Not saying hey, um, you can come work for us, um, but because we know we offering you an opportunity and nobody else is gonna offer an op- offer you an opportunity, we are gonna cap your potential, right? We know Curtis fifty cent Jackson would to bat, um, for Monique to be able to earn what she deserved based on her potential. Um, the, the the potential of that has yet been seen, because she's still developing. She's been in it for a while, but she's still developing, like any other artist or any other business professional. We continue to develop. So, based on her potential, and then based on her past performance, right? And and Mark Curry, um, Cat Williams did the same for Mark Curry, and he's done a lot um, for various. Um, personalities, Kat and both uh, Curtis Jackson, right? And they allow them to enter back into their industries and into their organizations and bring their dignity and their respect with them. And that matters. It matters. It makes a difference. And so while people don't realize that um, I'm an advocate of humanity, right? Um, you hear me talk from the perspective of the African-American experience more than any other experience is because I'm an African-American woman, right? Um, I remember um, I own, when we owned, um, and I told you we owned a company that... Um, was uh, a high profile company because we brought in a considerable amount of money and um, on a fiscal year. And we did that hiring individuals, um, not all of them, but people who um, were struggling, um, mostly people who were felons trying to re-enter into the workspace as long as they didn't have violent or theft right, um, on their record, then there was no issue for them to come and work with us. Um, And so I remember there was an incident at one of um, the commercial businesses that we offer janitorial services for. Um, Something had been stolen. From outside of the facility, and the CEO of the business was determined that my employee had stolen what had been stolen, and I was, I was um, advocating and going to bat, right. Um, for my contractor, because I knew he wasn't that type of person, right? Um, and then finally, um, the CEO said, come into the office because I'll show you the film, right? This is where the CEO was shocked. And he was an African-American CEO. So when I share these things, you process it through the lens and the perspective of how you, your experiences and how you see things and really how you feel about African-American women and what you feel like we have the right to say and not say, right? That's really what it's about at the end of the day. Um, so I went into the office, right, um, to see this person, but I already knew it wasn't my employee. Like I hired honest, integral, hardworking people. And I was fighting hard for this contractor. I never even mentioned to him, and this had been going on for like two weeks about my employee or my contractor. Um, being accused of stealing, but I just, I knew that he hadn't done it. He wasn't that type of person. Um, He had been working with us for several months, and if he was a thief, he would have stole before now, right? So I go into the office, and I look at the film, and the person that stole the bike was African-American, right? Was an African-American person. And they were right there on camera. Because of how we process, like here I am, this African-American woman, I'm managing this fleet of contractors um, on major commercial janitorial contracts right of course I have people that steal and of course they're black right when I seen the film it took the breath out of me for a moment because I had all of these thoughts of how much consideration had not been given to me as an African-American business owner. The most prevalent about this situation is that my employee was a Caucasian male and the person on the film was an African-American male but because I was an African-American woman, he assumed that I only managed and hired and presented opportunities for African-Americans. Number one, as if there was no other demographic of people out there that that were caught up in the prisons, right? It is our belief because we've been told that African-American males, um, are the highest population in prisons and to a degree that is true in relation to the African-American population. That's where the imbalance is, right? I'm not going to get into that. But my point is, is that the most prevalent evidence that I've seen in the video was that it was an African-American male. And the person that was working this particular contract was a Caucasian male. The other thing that hurt me was that the CEO was an African-American male and he never gave me the benefit of the doubt by just assuming that it had to be my employee, regardless to what race they were. That it just had to be my employee, like it wasn't the best neighborhood in the world, like why did it have to be my employee, right? Um, and that he was shocked that I that I was fighting at that level of impact for my employee, and he assumed that it was an African American whether it was a male or female, but that he assumed that it was an African-American. And it proves my character. And it proves the woman that I am. And it proves the type of business. I do good business. And I do good by people, period. I don't care what race you are. If you do good by me, I'm gonna do good by you, period. But there's so many assumptions that are made about me in particular, because of the lies that have been told. And the reason why my business um, became a threat to people was because I was independent. I didn't need nobody's opinion. I didn't need nobody's money. I didn't need a loan. I didn't need nobody to fund me, that I was doing all of it independently. And I was changing people's lives. And I was doing good business. And that was a problem for a particular politician, right? Who had a problem with an African-American female having that type of influence, number one. But it it wasn't just a problem for her, because she was Caucasian, but it was also a problem for people who looked like me because they didn't understand the why I had a passion for why I was doing what I was doing and how I was doing what I was doing. All they know is that I was getting paid premium commissions and they felt like I had the audacity to to even think I deserved that, right? And I had experience that expanded beyond their scope of experience, right? I was, I, when I entered into um, the real estate industry as a realtor, I had already had several years of investor and commercial real estate experience. And that's the part that my mentor, who was a Caucasian male, was mentoring me from that perspective. But people and their assumptions, people and their their biases, right? Um, and people and their racism. And so when you look at somebody like Monique, I'm telling you, Monique is not a target no more than any of the rest of us, right? There is a problem with any African-American woman would dare to push the needle forward on how we do business in America. And there were just people that I encountered with agendas. And that's the gist of it. But thank God for people like Curtis 50 Cent Jackson and Cat Williams, um, who have created economic um, economic um, fortitude and institutions. Right, because they're they're an institution. Curtis 50 Cent Jackson is an institution. He owns organizations, right, that employ um, and, um, pay salaries, right? So thank God for those type of institutions. Thank God for Cat Williams, who owns an institution that also, obviously he doesn't, neither one of them discriminate and neither do I, right? Like neither do I, um, I employ anybody and I employ good people as long as they're doing good by me, I do good by them. They do good business and they take care of the people that are important to me, right? The people that come to do business with me. Thank God for people like Curtis and people like Cat Williams that present the opportunities for people like myself to re-enter into the spaces, earn what we're supposed to earn. And maintain our dignity in the process, and and that's all I'm gonna say about that. I don't want to take a deep dive into whatever the particulars are of what happened to Monique, um, because I don't I don't have the information. Um, but we gotta do better by each other as African Americans, right. Um, us using each other to advance ourselves by seeing someone in a vulnerable position and then speaking against them and working against them and trying to build your brand off of their, um, unfortunate situations. Like that, gotta stop. We gotta stop doing that. Um, We got to stop doing that. When Curtis 50 Cent Jackson had his back against the wall, two people helped him, Eminem and Dr. Dre. And because they stepped in and helped him, 50 now helps people in the same situations. Particularly, it's usually a female brand, right? thank God for people who really are what they say they are, right? And present those opportunities for people to be able to re-enter into spaces where the gifts and their talents can be utilized and they can m- maintain their dignity and respect as a human being. And thank God for the people that gravitate towards people trying to rebuild their lives, such as Shea Shea. Not Shay Shea, but Shannon Sharp, who allow people to be able to take a space to rebuild their brands and to tell their truth. Right, because up until now, I don't know that Monique has had a platform where she could go and tell her story. I don't know that Monique has had that. But again, Shannon Sharp was in the process of being excused for having an independent thought, right? Or for, and and I won't get into it, but he built his platform because he was being rejected from another platform, right? He was being excused from a space where his African-American brand became too much for whatever reason. And so those are people that present opportunities. The, the, the best thing to do is not to become what has happened to you. Because people can be blackballed and then become a blackballer, right? Or people can be, um, and and I use the word ostracize lightly, right? Um, because you'll 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 there's always going to be somebody that's going to be there for you. Um, through every season of your life, you have to believe that, because it's the truth, and. Thank God for the people that show up to help people rebuild their lives. I refer to them as the gap fillers. People with no agendas and no motives that just show up to help people rebuild because that is that is the goodness of the human spirit. Thank God for people who inherently are good people. Right. And um that's 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 all I have to present. That's all the information that I have and why y'all didn't say all manner of things about me. Um, I just ignore it, right? Because I know who I am. Um, I have hired and advocated just as much for my Caucasian employees as I have for my African-American employees. You hear me talk about Black people the most um, because I'm a Black woman. Right, who would I talk about more than black people as a black woman? Right, oh my gosh. Um, and I'm not just like in any leadership role that I've ever been in. I hire good people, right? I hire good people, and I and 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 I hire good people because then I don't have no issue going to bat for them, right? I had I had another employee. Caucasian male. Nobody else wanted to ma- manage him. And I don't tell these stories because I don't have to. I know who I am, right? Um, but nobody nobody wanted to deal with him. They didn't. Um, they, they said he had a difficult personality and that he was difficult to manage. Um, I never had any issues with him. I never had no issues with him not showing up for work. Like they would say, he wouldn't show up for work. Once I started managing him, he was, and not only did he show up for work, but he was on time, right? I was an entry point for him, allowing him to regain his his dignity about how he earned a living for his family. And he was able to work for me long enough um, that when he um, needed a a resource uh, to... um, To get other employment, I presented that for him. And my manager that I reported to, which was a VP, she couldn't stand him. I don't know why she couldn't stand him. Um, And the purpose when they sent him to me was because they thought I was going to terminate him. Because everybody else was having problems with him. And they just kept picking on him and picking on him. wouldn't allow him to recover like it was it was idiotic and I just prevented him with a space to be able to show up for work right and and be handled with respect and honor and rebuild his confidence in in the employment. I uh, rebuild his confidence in employment and his ability to be able to work for somebody else i presented him with that opportunity so that when it was time for him to move on he had a um a dependable reference and i did that for him so that he could move on because they had made him a target they were they were determined um they were they they were going to find a way to terminate him Even after I started managing him and didn't have no issues with him, they were still finding ways to go around me to complain about him and to issue complaints about him. And he wasn't even working for them anymore. They were finding ways to have to interact with him so that they could complain about him. And I was was, uh, was annoyed to the umpteenth power and I advocated for him as long as he wanted to stay and work for me. But eventually it did begin to wear, take a wear and tear on him. And he decided to move on to, um, to a different company. And I provided him with that reference. Baby, stop lying on me. <laughs> I got people out there as receipts, real people in real life. They know who I am. They know what I do. They know what I've done and what I haven't done. Stop lying on me, <laughs> like for real. And and I'm I'm laughing because of the some of you idiots, right? That just present yourselves in spaces um, because you feel like you need to earn your power back, right? Me just walking into a room makes you feel like you need to earn your power back that you got to say or do something to get to, to to earn your power back and all i do is walk into a room there's there's something wrong with that mentality and so you saying you do stupid shit when you see me you don't know me you don't know nothing about my background only thing you know is, the stu- is what i've told right And I typically tell the same stories over and over again. But only reason I'm sharing this because I don't have to defend myself, right? Um, Let me take that back. I will defend myself. Um, I will defend anybody in my household times 1,000. Understand that, right? Times 1,000. Ain't no limit to me defending myself or anybody underneath this roof. Ain't no limit to it, okay? Okay. I don't owe you an explanation, though. I don't owe you an explanation. Only reason I'm offering this story right now is because the situation with Monique is not an anomaly. It's not an isolated situation. I don't know the particulars of her situation. I only know the particulars of mine. And so... As an example, I share what I've experienced because that's what I have the expertise on, what I've experienced. I don't have the expertise on anybody else's life or the intricate information about them. How dare you be ignorant enough to think that you know enough about somebody else that you need to step in and... um and and, and uh, be some sort of, of um, instrument of anything in anybody else's life, of telling their story or anything else and bringing derogatory information that's untrue based on your own insecurities and idiosyncrasies. How dare you? I am so thankful for the people that showed up in my life because they were willing to examine the paper trail of who I really am. Oh, to God be the glory, baby. I am so excited about that. And um, I am a woman of faith. I am a woman that believes the Bible and I I am a woman that believes that, that what's in the Bible is true. And that's how we ought to live our lives. Um, and that's only a problem for people that think that they ought to be able to control what I think and how I feel. Monique is not a target. It happens to the best of us. And it ain't because we targets. It happens to most of us, African-American women. A lot of us don't share our stories because, and I won't get into that, why we don't share our stories, but sooner or later, it happens to most of us. And thank God for the people who are in leadership, that whether they own their own organizations or they work in executive leaderships in various organizations, that allow us to enter into their organizations, bring our gifts and our talents back to the table, and maintain our dignity and our respect. Um, This is behavioral scientist Tanola Oliver. And um, until we meet each other again, live in the overflow. Peace.